teachings that can and do occur as a result of the saints encountering the power of the Holy Spirit. But we're also obviously looking at the converse and we're looking at um, what physical manifestations can and do occur in the church as a result of uh, saints and people encountering um, powers of demonic spirits. And then we're also looking at fleshly displays that take place in the church as well. So we're wanting to look at these various physical manifestations from a biblical point of view to be able to more clearly identify which manifestations are in fact of God, the um, originate, origination of that power that's causing that manifestation is emanating from uh, the Lord or whether it, that uh, power is not of God. And so in today's section we're going to look at two, two points and then we'll close off this series. The one is shouting out that, that takes place in uh, Christian gatherings and the other one is animal behavior. We'll deal with the shouting out aspect first. Um, with regards to this particular manifestation, um, I'm not dealing with people that come to a Christian gathering with a specific agenda and they uh, are determined to disrupt the meeting and so they will shout out during the meeting because those people have come up uh, come to the meeting with their own um, they're in full control of the actions they know what they're doing uh, so that we're not dealing with that process at all uh, what we wanted to look at is when people shout out in a Christian gathering um, and it's a spontaneous thing it, it comes upon them without their uh, free will being involved they, they are doing this uh, against their will so to speak and so in all instances uh, this type of manifestation that occurs in Christian meetings is always demonic in origin. The Holy Spirit has absolutely nothing to do with this particular type of manifestation. And so it's always going to take place um, as a result of a, a demon that's um, causing that person to shout out. And so the way that uh, demonic spirits um, manifest themselves uh, through this physical um, shouting out phenomenon that does occur is it's either that the person will cry out with, by just shouting out or they will make some uh, kind of loud statement that will be made in the, in, the, in the church gathering and so we wanted to examine this. Um, the first uh, scenario we'll have a look at is when uh, demons cause the person to shout out when hands are laid upon them and the passage of scripture we'll have a look at um, pertaining to this phenomena is in Acts chapter 8 verse 5 to 8. The scripture says, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed, and there was great joy in the city. And so the first scenario we have is when um, people come up to the front to be uh, prayed for, for whatever reason, and when hands are laid on them, these individuals already have a demon that is oppressing them. Now we've dealt with this type of scenario 
throughout this series thus far that it's very possible for even believers, Christians, to have demons attached to their bodies that are afflicting them or uh, uh, oppressing their minds in some way. And so when those individuals come forward for prayer, they don't realize that they have a demon that's causing this problem. And so when that demon is confronted with the power of the Holy Spirit through the laying on of hands, the demon is forced to manifest itself. And it does so very often by crying out with a loud voice. Now it's at that point that the person who is laying hands with the leadership of the meeting, it's incumbent of them to recognize this is now a demon that's manifesting and they're to cast the demon out of that person. However, it does happen that very often uh, people that are laying hands are not discerning in this area. The person cries out um, and they think, well, that's the Holy Spirit. People are just responding to the Holy Spirit by shouting out in this manner when it's actually not. And so the person goes away and is not delivered because nobody's cast the demon out and no change takes place. So that's the one scenario. Now that kind of scenario, scenario can also take place in the church gathering. In other words, just in, because the person's in the church meeting and the power of the Holy Spirit is present in the meeting, the demon will manifest itself while the individual is seated in the congregation. And that person will begin to shout out. Um, again, uh, leadership need to recognize that's a demon, let's deal with him. Every time that happened in our Lord's ministry, as we've already mentioned, he cast the demon out, told the demon to shut up and cast the demon out. So that's um, the one scenario. The other scenario where this um, physical manifestation takes place is when a, a statement is shouted out by the demon using the individual. Again, the, the individual is not complicit in this. The individual, um, the demon just kind of takes over at the moment and uses that person to shout out whatever statement it might be. And here's the passage of scripture. We've looked at it before, but uh, it's uh, pertinent to this section. So we'll look at it again. Luke chapter 4, verse 33 to 35. <clears throat> scripture says, Now in the synagogue there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon. And he cried out with a loud voice, saying, So here's the statement. Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him in their midst, it came out of him and did not hurt him. And so here our Lord is busy ministering in the synagogue. And while he's ministering, this particular individual has an unclean demon. He doesn't know he's got an unclean demon. The demon just manifests and starts to shout out at the Lord. Our Lord's response straight away is he tells the demon to shut up. When he does, he then casts the demon out of that individual and the person is set free. Now, we have that self-same scenario that takes place in Christian gatherings. I've seen it um, where the person is ministering and somebody will shout out something. Um, it's incumbent again on the, on the individual to then deal with that demon that is manifesting and cast the demon out. Not often. Does that actually happen? People just let that go. In my own ministry, um, it was a period of time where I was ministering and quite frequently, not all the time, obviously, but quite frequently, um, as I was ministering the Word of God, no matter what subject I would be ministering on, somebody in the congregation would begin to shout out. 
and disrupt the meeting. Um, it was obviously a, a, a spirit of anger that came upon the individual and they would you know, shout something out against what I was teaching and thus disrupt the meeting. Um, and so I went to the Lord about the issue because it, you know, it's, it, it's not pleasant to incur that when you're preaching and teaching the Word of God. Um, and in my ignorance at the time, I thought these people were doing this of their own volition. They were, you know, I couldn't understand why that was taking place. And the Lord um, revealed to me, He took me to this passage of Scripture we just had a look at in Luke 4, that it happened to Him. And so He showed me that it is in fact the demonic spirit that is uh, causing the person to shout out in the meeting to try and disrupt the meeting. And so the Lord showed me, obviously, firstly, what we do before we begin to minister is we should be binding the unclean spirits in the meeting so that they cannot disrupt the meeting in any way. I started doing that, and that's exactly what happened. No more did I experience individuals shouting out during my time of ministry of the Word. However, you can still see in the congregation, you can see from time to time, individuals becoming agitated as I would minister the word, but they would not be able to respond in this manner. They would not be able to cry out in, or in any way because I had already bound them um, before the meeting. So that kind of dealt with that scenario. Uh, one of the, on one of the occasions when an indiv individual shouted out when I was ministering, I, I knew the person not well, but I knew that person. Um, and so after the meeting, I went to the, this particular individual and I was curious, you know, what caused him to do what he did? And his response was he had no idea why he shouted out like that. It just came out, he said. And so, you know, we don't realize that in Christian gatherings, there's actually a lot more demons that are attached to believers than what we anticipate. Um, and sadly, doesn't actually dealt with because the church is not really operating in, in this area as she should um, and we should be setting a lot more people free but we, we need a lot more teaching along this line in order to um, in order to be able to deal with this phenomenon now you do have the other aspect and that is when uh, the person who's laying hands on individuals has themselves got a demon and so when they lay hands on the individual, the demon is imparted to that individual. The individual then begins to cry out because the demon is now manifested in that way. And nothing will be done about that because obviously the person who's laying hands, he's convinced or she's convinced this is the work of the Holy Spirit. Just leave them alone. God's doing his thing. Where in actual fact, the demon shame has been imparted to that saint. And that saint leaves the meeting with the demon now that they didn't have before. So... That's that particular manifestation. As I say, all of it is demonic in origin. The Holy Spirit has absolutely nothing to do with that particular phenomenon, except from the point of view of exposing the demon and causing the demon to actually manifest itself in the meeting. And now that brings us to the last manifestation, uh, which is by far the most foolish manifestation that does occur in the church. Um, a little while ago, it was quite prevalent in some parts of the church. Uh, it seems to have waned, and that is animal behavior. Um, when people 
try to mimic the, the behavior of certain animals um, under the guise of this is now the unction, the anointing of the Holy Spirit has come upon them and the Holy Spirit wants them to behave as whatever animal they're trying to portray. Um, again, this is uh, nothing, com completely nothing to do with the Holy Spirit. He does not come upon his saints and try to get them to behave like animals. Um, this is everything to do with demonic spirits and then also fleshly manifestations. In fact, most of it is fleshly manifestations because people uh, try to mimic what they see taking place um, through, it's, through false prophets. False prophets um, always carry around demonic spirits with them because they have familiar spirits. They can only operate in the supernatural by the aid of demonic spirits. And so what happens is some of these false prophets um, begin to display this type of animal behavior, and we'll have a look at some of it, um, and the supernatural is displayed through them at the same time. And so people look at that and say, well, that's God. It's got nothing to do with God. And we'll have a look at some scriptures because they obviously, because it is so foolish in its, when people observe it, they have to look at, uh, go to scripture to try and justify what it is that they in fact are doing. Um, but we'll have a look at one passage that they, they use and we'll show you from that point of view what the Bible actually is talking about. Because the Bible refers to our Lord Jesus Christ as the line of the tribe of Judah, Revelation 5.5. 5. And the Bible also talks about our Lord um, going about as a roaring lion in uh, Hosea 11.10. The Bible talks about Satan um, going around, the devil going around uh, as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And that's in 1 Peter 5.8. Now in those passages of scripture, the Bible is not telling us that our Lord Jesus Christ and Satan physically take on the form of lions and then go around roaring like lions. Not at all. Both of those passages of scripture that you, if you go look at them, they are symbolic in nature. They are referring to um, our Lord with that kind of, um, a lion is always referred to in scripture as being uh, royalty and powerful and so, you know, even displaying, uh, Satan displaying his power goes around in that guise. But that neither of them, our Lord Jesus, neither does Satan physically take on the form of a lion and go around the, the earth roaring as animals. And so another passage of scripture we can have a look at to put this kind of um, behavior into context from the uh, biblical point of view, Revelation 10 verse 1 to 7. This is John speaking. Uh, in his vision, I saw still another mighty angel coming down from heaven with clothed with the cloud and a rainbow was on his head and his face was like the sun and his feet like pillars of fire. He had a little book open in his hand he, and he set his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land and cried with a loud voice as when a lion roars. When he cried out, seven thunders uttered their voices. Now when the seven thunders uttered their voices, I was about to write, but I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, seal up the things which the seven thunders uttered and do not write them. The angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land raised up his hand to heaven 
and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that are in it, the earth and the things that are in it, and the sea and the things that are in it, uh, that there should be de delayed no longer. But in the days of the sounding of the seventh angel, when he is about to sound, the mystery of God would be finished, as he declared to his servants the prophets. And so when John observes this angel crying out to God, um, the scripture describes him as uh, roaring as a lion. Now it wasn't the case of the, the angel roared to God as a lion, as an animal, and as a result the seven thunders uh, responded. Um, because we know that to be the case because John was about to write what the seven thunders said. So when the seven thunders thundered, there was actual words that came through that thundering. God said to John, no, you're not allowed to write that. And so when John describes the angel as uh, crying out to God as a lion roaring, John records what the angel said in that passage of scripture for us. What John is just trying to get across to us is the powerful majesty of that angelic voice. And he likened it, the only thing he could uh, ascribe it to is like a lion roaring. That's how powerful that voice was. And so what we need to recognize is that um, heaven, you know, God has created some extremely powerful beings. He's an all Almighty God. And so he does. He's an all-powerful God. He creates. And heaven can get quite noisy if you go read the book of Revelation. And so when it describes our Lord Jesus as roaring as a lion, it's just talking about the, the majesty of his voice when he in fact does speak. And that's the concept around that. That's what the scripture is saying. It's not saying our Lord goes around literally walking around looking like a lion and roaring like an animal. Not at all. Uh, however, in Scripture, there is one category of people that the Bible does attribute uh, the phenomena of mimicking animal behavior to. And that category of people are mediums and necromancers. And we pick that up in Isaiah 8 verse 19. Scripture says, And when they say to you, inquire of the mediums and the necromancers who chirp and mutter. Should not a people inquire of their God? Should they inquire of the dead on behalf of the living? And so what you find is that mediums and necromancers, and the Bible talks about the fact that they um, chirp and mutter. Now the chirping and the muttering that they do, that word mutter, also can be translated to roar or to growl. And so what these mediums do in order to access, uh, gain access to the, the realm of the supernatural, they take on the behavior of certain animals. Now, one of the, the, the most common behaviors that they like to uh, uh, go after is lions roaring, dogs barking and howling, and birds chirping. That's the kind of uh, behavior that they display. Now, that's the kind of display of behavior that you see taking a place amongst these false prophets that operate by familiar spirits in the churches. Um, but, I mean, the, 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 the fleshly display and some of these other displays, the, the list is endless. People try to uh, imitate the sound of chickens uh, crawling about on all fours like dogs pretending to fly, like eagles flapping their arms, pretending to swim like a fish while lying on the floor. And so the list is almost endless. But all of it, 
is uh, either demonic in origin or it's completely foolish in origin. The foolishness is the fleshly display. The demonic side of it is, as I say, this, the scripture is very plain that these people who are like source, who are sorcerers, mediums, and necromancers who have access to the supernatural, they do that through this uh, mechanism of taking on uh, behave, animal behavior. Now, as I say, in scripture, it is only this category of individuals that the Bible describes as displaying animal behavior. And so it is very clear to us that if we see this type of behavior taking place amongst ministers in the church and they are able to thus have supernatural displays through their ministries, well, we know very clearly that is in fact um, demonic spirits that are working together with that particular so-called minister of the gospel. And so that brings us across now to the fleshly display. And the scripture says, Ephesians 4.14, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. And so what you find is you have these uh, individuals, they observe these false prophets. Now, don't, not all false prophets operate like that. Uh, there's only certain individuals that do um, mimic animal behavior, but other false prophets will endorse that behavior because you know false prophets endorse each other. That's how they operate, um, and so because they endorse that kind of behavior, you have um, baby believers seeing all of these false prophets. Some displaying animal behaviors, others not, but saying yes, that's God. Um, and so they want to access the supernatural, they look at these individuals and they want to now copy these individuals and so they foolishly get off into this kind of thing by trying to mimic animal behavior, uh, by doing all sorts of weird things. Uh, it's foolishness most of the time. Some of the times what happens is those individuals stumble across getting access to demonic spirits through this mechanism and there is some kind of supernatural encounter that also then takes place. But the problem is, is that that person then becomes impacted by that demon and they leave the meeting with a demon that they never had before. So animal behavior, not of God. It's uh, only uh, either demonic spirits or the flesh that is uh, being demonstrated in the church. And as I say, there's some so-called well-known ministers that have endorsed this type of behavior. They have to, because as I say, they themselves are false prophets, and one false prophet will always endorse, not always, but most of the times, endorse the um, manifestations taking place through the ministry of another false prophet. And that kind of brings us to the end of all of these physical manifestations that we've dealt with, some of them more disturbing than others. Um, but I trust that by having a look at the series, you, uh, the saint would be more uh, equipped from a biblical point of view to recognize, okay, this type of behavior, that's scriptural, that's unscriptural. I can uh, follow after that. I must reject that. And uh, that brings us to the end of the series on this teaching.